Well, good morning again. Um, again, uh, th this Lord's Day, we're, we're blessed to have with us, again, from New Orleans. That's what you say it. Not New Orleans. It's New Orleans. <laughs> Pastor J.B. Watkins. Uh, before he comes up, I just want, some of you, are, you might be new and have been, not been here much. And uh, so I'll just let you have his wife and kids stand up, Stephanie and Langston and Bryant and Sydney, so you can know who they are. And uh, it's a... Uh, it's a blessing to have them come. I mean, mo most of the time she's come. He's come once a month the last few months. But it's, it's difficult for the family to come. But I'm, it's, but I'm sure they're getting a little bit more used to Baltimore each time. And so we, we're, we're really excited about the uh, next end of next month when they'll be coming up. Uh, and then the installation service will be June the 2nd on that uh, Sunday evening. Um, I don't need to give a formal uh, uh, introduction. You can see it in the bulletin. And he just, you just heard it with your own ears. So Brother JP, give the word of God. Amen. Let the church say amen. 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 It is uh, good to be back. This is, as Pastor Stan referenced, this is my last temporary visit. The next visit will be for good. So we are excited about that. And we are excited about this morning. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen. Amen. And that is good news. That is great news. And I hope that the Lord will indeed encourage us further uh, with his word on this morning. Amen? Amen. If you're able, why don't you rise uh, for the reading of the Lord's word. You saw in your program the title for this morning's message is The Resurrection According to Mary. And I want, I would like for us to see and to be encouraged how the resurrection affected Mary and what that means for you and I uh, on today. So let me read for you in your hearing John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. I'll read this and then I'll say a short prayer and then afterwards you all can take your seat. Amen? The word of the Lord reads as follows. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. 
For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting with their, with the body of, uh, where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. <clears throat> Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Father, thank you for this encouraging piece of scripture. May your spirit feed us from it now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You all can take your seats. Amen. Again, this is a great day. This is an awesome day for all of those who call upon the name of Christ. Amen? Amen. This is the day that tells us that all of what Jesus has said is true. This is the day that communicates to us that all that we go through for Jesus' sake is worth it. And this morning, I would like for us, again, to look at Mary and how the Lord uh, encourages her in light of his resurrection. Now, just by way of context, Mary is uh, one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus. She has been following his ministry. She has been supporting his ministry. And not only that, but she has experienced the Lord's healing firsthand. As a matter of fact, in Mark's gospel, specifically chapter 16, as well as in Luke's gospel, chapter 8, it says that Jesus delivered her not from one, not from two, not from three, but from seven demons. Think about that for a second. Not one demon, one is enough. If someone had two, that would, oh Lord, have mercy. But seven demons Mary had been delivered from. And as a result, again, she goes and she follows the Lord 
She supports his ministry, as I've said, and she also was there at the cross as he is dying for her sins and for our sins. And it's interesting that she is one of the first people. The other gospel writers mention other women who are at the, uh, at the tomb, but John chooses to focus upon Mary and his gospel. But nonetheless, she is at the tomb, specifically in verse number one. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she is here early Sunday morning. Her, and again, according to the other gospel writers, other women as well, they're there looking to anoint him with spices and things of that nature. But I want us to consider a few effects of the resurrection upon Mary in this text. The first effect of Christ's resurrection upon Mary, according to verses 1 through 10, and I won't go through all of those verses by verse, but according to these specific verses, the first effect upon her is actually one of confusion and distress. She comes to the tomb and she's expecting to see the body of Christ still in the tomb. And she's there again along with the other women to anoint him, but he's not there. And this presents a problem. She doesn't right off the top associate Jesus missing with him being raised from the grave. This is a confusing moment for her. So much so that she runs, according to these first few verses, she runs and she tells the disciples, specifically Simon and the other disciple who most believe is the Apostle John, and they get up themselves and they run and they're trying to figure out what is going on. We know he was crucified. We know that he was buried. Why is his body not in the grave? What happened? And so they run and they also do not see that the Lord's body is there. And specifically in verse number eight, says the other disciple whom had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. This is not necessarily he saw and believed that Jesus was raised from the grave. This is he saw that Jesus was not there and he believed what Mary said to them. And so this first effect of the resurrection on Mary is one of confusion, one of distress. Remind you, they are living in the moment. They, even though Jesus had been communicating to them what was going to happen, they did not fully understand. For example, in verse 9, it says, for as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So on that Sunday morning, roughly 2,000 years ago, Mary going to see Jesus, expecting his body to be in the grave, finds that that is not the case. And her most immediate reaction is not one of joy, but first confusion and distress. And that's interesting. But the good news 
is that she is not left there. For example, when you read on in verse number 11, after the other fellas left and went back to their home, Mary stood weeping outside of the tomb. And it says in verse number 11, as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And interestingly enough, she saw two angels in white. What is this second effect upon Mary? She goes from distress and confusion to utter joy. Read on with me for a sec. In verse 12, it says, And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, and one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus, but did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Listen to this. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And here comes this utter joy that she now experiences. In verse 17, it says, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to my God, to your, uh, my God and your God. There is the scenery of her when she recognizes and realizes that this is Jesus, the one whom had been crucified, the one who was buried, is now alive and talking to her. And when she realizes that, there is this picture of her just grabbing on to him in utter joy. Now, by way of reference, right quick, this verse can seem somewhat confusing when he tells her to not cling to him. Whereas in the other gospel accounts, uh, he invites uh, his disciples to touch and see that it's him. Most good commentators believe that uh, what is happening here is she is so excited and she's grabbing onto him as if she's never going to see him again. And what Jesus is saying is, I I'm not leaving to go to the Father right now. But, but, but go and tell the brothers and the sisters, go tell them I'm alive and that I'm going to see them. So this is not Jesus not wanting her to hug on to him and not wanting her to touch him per se. Uh, but this is, hey, Mary, yes, I know you're excited. I know you're, you're happy that I'm alive. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on this earth for a few more days. So go. Don't, don't, don't hold on to me too much. Go and tell what you need to tell. So she moves from confusion and distress to utter joy as a result of the resurrection. Now, the one other effect before we move into some application for you and I, uh, not only is, does the resurrection uh, affect her 
as it relates to her being distressed and confused, not only as it relates to her having utter joy, but the third effect is this sense of responsibility given to her. In other words, Jesus tells Mary to go and to tell his disciples that he's alive and that he's going to be to uh, going to go back and be with the Father and with their God. So she has not only a, a moment of distress, not only a moment of joy, but she is given a responsibility from the Savior to go and let it be known that he is alive. Her first message was, we don't know what, I don't know where the Lord is. The second message is, I have seen the Lord. And that's good news, amen? Now, Mary is, is, is uh, you know, praise the Lord for, for Mary's story. Praise the Lord for what the Lord has done uh, in her life and through her life. And I believe that her life is a wonderful example for us as it relates to her being affected by the resurrection. I want you to think about it like this. What, uh, take a, a, a brief moment and think about good news that is coming to your life. What, what is, what is uh, the, the, the piece of news that you have received, maybe recently, maybe in the distant past, where there was a piece of news that was so good that you, you couldn't even believe it to be true? It could be something along the lines of getting a job that you had been hoping for or wanting or uh, not even expecting. For some, it might be uh, the news of uh, the birth of a child. It can be a number of things. But all of that, and I don't want to make light of that good news, there is no good news like this good news. Let me say that again. Praise God for the jobs. Praise God for the children. Praise God for relationships. Praise God for clothes. Praise God for a home. Praise God for all of these things. Amen? But praise, praise, praise God for the rising of the Savior from the grave. It is this news, it is this news that guarantees that my soul and Mary's soul and your soul is good for all eternity. Jobs come and go. Health come and go. For the most part, children come and go. <laughs> for some of you all, that might mean something. <laughs> but this piece of news, this good news, this great news, is something that carries us through all eternity. This is something that we need not worry about losing, namely the salvation of our souls. Now, having said that this news is the best news that we can receive as it relates 
to our souls and to eternity. What do we do with this? What do we do with this? We are gathered here to worship corporately, sing songs and things of that nature, and that's a part of it. But in this particular text, think this is not just a piece of news for Mary. But again, Jesus gives her the responsibility to take this great news and to relay it to others. And the question becomes, what do we do with the news of Christ's resurrection? How is it that we are relaying this great news to others? And I would suggest and I would encourage that this is something that we do, yes, in word, but also in deed. The resurrection is something that has happened for our sake, and we praise God. There's nothing we could have done to, to, to make this happen in and of ourselves. But that being said, now that it's done, it affects us in how we relate to one another and to the world. And I would encourage you and I to go out and to let this news be known. Again, in word and also in deed. Now, let me say this. And this, this will form uh, a part of my conclusion. And uh, this is good news for the redeemed. Amen? If you are in the Lord, if you are walking in the Lord, this is great news. Go out and face the world in victory. Face whatever you must face, knowing that you have a risen Lord behind you, with you, and in front of you. But let me also say that this is not good news for those who stand opposed to Christ. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave is good news for those who were looking to him and hoping in him and trusting in him. It is bad news for those who stand opposed to him. The enemies of the cross thought they had Jesus. The enemies of Christ thought they had won. And yet, Jesus stands alive. And if those folks who stood opposed to him are not willing to acknowledge him and embrace him, this is not good news. And this is why I wish to take this moment on Resurrection Sunday. I don't want to assume that everyone in here is standing in the Lord. I hope and I pray and the Lord knows that. He knows every single heart. But I don't want to assume that everyone in here is walking in the Lord, knows the Lord, and as such, I stand and I plead with anyone who may not know the Lord, who may have questions as it relates to your salvation, who may have questions as it relates to this concept of the resurrection. I would invite you to come talk with me, talk with one of the elders, talk with one of the ministry leaders who know the Lord, because this day is meant to be a good and great and awesome day. But it is only a good 
and great and awesome day for those who are willing to place their faith and their trust in this risen Savior. Who are willing to repent of their, their, their ways that are contrary to Christ. Who are willing to acknowledge their great need for a Savior. And if you're not willing to acknowledge that, my prayer is that the Spirit will indeed work with you. So for you who know the Lord, give great praise. Because you don't know the Lord out of your own doing. You could do nothing to know the Lord in and of yourself. It is the work of the Spirit. And you should take great joy in Christ and the fact that he was raised. And for those of you all who are willing and want to know more about the Lord, this same Spirit stands willing to aid and to save. So brothers and sisters, as I officially close, let us realize that this good news is meant to bring great joy. I don't know how you feel. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know the pain or the heartache. I don't know what it is that is weighing you down, that's causing you distress, that's causing you pain, that's causing you to weep outwardly or inwardly. But know that this day is a day that is meant to bring you joy, helping you to realize and remember that just as Christ was raised from the grave, he is risen for your victory and for mine. So let this be a day of great joy. Also, let this be a day of great responsibility. As Mary has to go out and let this be known, let us go out into our communities. Let us go out into our jobs. Let us go out into our homes and let us live, let us talk, let us think as if the Savior is actually alive and well, because he is. And as we do that, the resurrection will prove to be a great source of hope, a great source of strength, and a great source of love. Amen? Father, we are so grateful for this day. Father, we thank you that our Savior went to the cross, took upon himself our sin, and died the death that we deserved. But Father, we are also grateful for the fact that he did not remain in the grave, but instead was raised victorious on that third day. We thank you, Lord, for the witness of John. We thank you for the witness of Mary. We thank you for the witness of all of those who saw our resurrected Lord. And Father, we ask that this joy of the resurrection will remain in our hearts, will remain in our minds, and that we would go out and we would live in light of this joy, that we would live in light of the resurrection. Thank you so much for a risen Savior. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.